Well, do good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Church of Essence Park. We are disciples of Jesus to build generational transformational disciples of Jesus. And today is the beginning of Holy Week, the most special time, of course, of, for our year as we remember uh, what Christ has done for us and uh, everything starting leading up from today up till Easter Sunday next week. And, and so uh, that's... Uh, pretty exciting time. So we're going to be talking about that today. What were the events that happened on Palm Sunday, and uh, why were they so important, and then what, what happened beyond there? In fact, we're going to really be focusing on this word, Hosanna, which is an interesting word. It's one of those church words that Christians say that most of us don't know what they mean, and uh, sounds very awkward to other people, but it's fun to say, and we're going to talk about it today and remind ourselves of the great meaning and significance that uh, this word carries. And so as we get into it, if you turn your Bibles to John chapter 12, uh, that would be helpful because that's really where we read the events of uh, Palm Sunday and what happened. And so uh, at the time that, uh, that this took place, Jesus, of course, was uh, on earth. He was finishing up his third year of ministry, about ready to have his, uh, celebrate his last Passover in Jerusalem. Of course, there were people there in Jerusalem, very powerful people that wanted to have him killed, and so it was very, very risky politically and uh, socially as well as uh, just physically for him to show up there. But he did, uh, against the advice of um, all of his disciples, said, hey, uh, let's go in and we're going to uh, celebrate. Thomas, the apostle, said, hey, all right. Uh, let's go and die with Jesus. Let's go in and we're going to go and celebrate Passover in Jerusalem just as they always had. Now, on their way, they stopped and stayed at their his friend's house, Jesus' buddy, Lazarus, who wasn't feeling very good. Uh, in fact, he was dead, and which is, so they wouldn't feel anything at all, really. But up until that, about three days earlier, four days earlier, he was really, really sick, and Jesus waited until he was good and, and not fresh dead any longer thoroughly, thoroughly dead. And uh, he did that for a reason, is that he wanted to demonstrate his power over death. And so he goes there and he tells Lazarus to get up out of that tomb. And Lazarus raises and walks out. And everybody sees it. And it's kind of hard to ignore when a dead guy comes out after being dead for several days. And this was just outside of Jerusalem. And all the crowds were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So they came from all over the world and all over the nation, and they were packed in there, and they heard the story that, that Jesus had come, and he had actually had power over death and raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, Jesus had already raised other people from the dead before, but this was the first time that it was so close to Jerusalem, so public in front of everybody. And the hope in Israel was that the Messiah would come. And this was third year of Jesus' ministry where he uh, with no uncertain terms, claimed to be God and Messiah. And so for many, this was the final thing that helped them overcome their doubt. And now they had recognized their Messiah had come. And so uh, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and then it was time to go back into town. The week before Passover began the celebration he uh, sends his disciples, two of them on ahead, and says, go get me a donkey, because that was prophesied that he would come into town riding on a donkey, and it's a great story how they, they find one just as Jesus said, and the owner's like, what are you doing with my donkey? And they said, the master needs it, and apparently that was enough. 
so they go, and Jesus gets on his donkey, and he heads towards Jerusalem, and that's where we pick up the story. And verse 12, where it says, The next day the great crowd uh, that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Now, we get those bottom two lines. Those make a lot of sense to us. But what's with this Hosanna bit? And why wave a bunch of palm branches around? Because that doesn't seem very rational to me, right? The Messiah is coming, so why are we going out meeting with palm branches and why are we shouting Hosanna? Well, Hosanna was not an English word. In fact, it's not a Greek word. It's one of those places in Scripture where instead of having a translation, we have a transliteration, which means instead of with the, the authors of the, uh, of the Bible, when John wrote this there and he was describing what happened, he was translating the events into Greek, which is so that way the world could understand the story. But occasionally, he doesn't translate. He, he, instead, he, he takes the word and he just kind of makes it sound out right in the Greek, right? So he transliterates the, the sound into the Greek. The, this Hosanna was not a Greek word, not an English word. It was a, a Hebrew word. And it was one that was a very important one, and it came as part of their, their culture and society. See, Hosanna itself was a cry for help. And you heard uh, Jesse even talked about it this morning. It says it means to save us. It, it's a cry not just for help, but culturally it was a cry for God's help. And it comes to us... Uh, in Psalm 118, which uh, says this, Lord, save us, which if that's translated, but the Hebrew there says, Hosanna Adonai, which means, Lord, save us. And then it goes on to say, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Does that sound familiar with something else the people were shouting? Yeah. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us with bows in hand. There's the bows. Right? Join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. Now, this psalm was one of the psalms. It was in a group of psalms in Scripture that were known as the Halal Psalms, which, which means praise. Right? And in fact, these first ones, starting in Psalm 113 to 118, were, is a group of psalms that were known really as the Egyptian halal, which was that they were the psalms that the people of Israel would sing, they would chant, right, as they prepared for Passover. Right? It's a reminder that they were set free from Egypt. And so these were the songs of halal, which means, which means joy. There was a, it was a, a time or it's like kind of we have Christmas music that everybody just knew. It was, it was a seasonal type of thing that reminded them of what God was doing. And they would sing these psalms, especially Psalm 118, as the, the people would, would uh, come into town for the, uh, for the Passover and, and the, the Levites would chant Psalm 118, all of the words, and the people as they were going through that would respond with Hosanna. Save us, as, as the Psalm 118 was being chanted at the time that the Passover lamb was being sacrificed. It was a plea to God to say that, that God, we need your help. That we uh, are, are depraved and we need your salvation. Save us, O oh God. And so this psalm, of course, was on everybody's mind. 
They would sing this psalm and on all the way through these other ones at the other times in the year that were festival, you know, times of celebration, times of Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Dedication. They would all sing this, right? It was a time of praise. So when you would have the, uh, the Passover lamb, the people would go with palms in hand and they would yell Hosanna as the lamb was being slain and the psalm was being sung. And so the first thing we recognize is this is a cry for help. That the people of Israel, the reason they, they sacrificed the, the lamb was because they needed God's help. Deeply, desperately needed God's help. But it was also, interestingly enough, a, song, a, a cry of praise, which most of us don't associate ah! with praise, <laughs> right? But... <laughs> Right? Those aren't things we're like, help us, oh, I'm so desperate, yay! <laughs> but the interesting thing is because of the understanding that when you cry to God for help, guess what? He helps. See, that's the difference between our gods and other ones. Ours isn't dead. Ours isn't an imaginary friend. Our God is real. He is the God of the living. He is the God who delivers his people from Egypt and from bondage and from sin and from death. And when you call out to God for help, you are calling on a living, powerful God. And you see the, the hand of God work on our behalf, which is reason for praise. This is why this is part of the Psalms of praise. In fact, it's the last psalm in the song, the, the, the halal, right? And you know what? It's the very beginning was called the great halal, the, the Psalms of great praise, which were sung starting at Passover when the next couple of, of psalms were sung there as these were wonderful ones after God has redeemed us, which is why... Oftentimes around even the, the Passover meal inside of each other's homes, the Psalm 118 was sung. In fact, it's very likely that they, after the, the Last Supper, when the disciples got together and they left and they went down to the garden and they sung a hymn, it's very likely that, that it was Psalm 118 is what they sung. That, it's extremely likely. This was a song of praise that God indeed comes to save. And so with palm branches in hand, we celebrate the reality that our God is a saving God. Which just makes a lot more sense when, uh, when we recognize, when the people go out to, to, to greet their Messiah, why they would be shouting Hosanna. Right? Because Hosanna, Palm Sunday, is a celebration of salvation. The people had been waiting for a long time, hundreds and hundreds of years for the Messiah to come. Centuries is a long time to wait. And there he was, outside of town. Now, they didn't understand him to be the Lamb of God as we now get it. But they knew that he was the Messiah and the King. And they were coming out of that gate crying for help. Because that entire city was owned by the Romans who held them hostage under torment and fear and under an iron boot. And their Messiah had come, who had demonstrated his power over even death itself, who had done the miracles before them. He could multiply loaves and fish. He could cast out demons, and he could raise the dead. And here he was, coming into town on a donkey as prophesied. And they got it. And so they came out, one, 
crying for help, but actually celebrating their salvation. Right? This is a big deal. And Palm Sunday is exactly that. When we gather today, this is a happy day. This is a joyous day in the church. Not as happy as next week. But it is a joyous day. Today is the day we remember God's salvation. We celebrate the reality that our Messiah has come. We don't have to wait for it. He is here. And he is in power. And he has come just like the prophecies told us he would. And he has done everything that the prophecies said that he would. Today is a day of celebration. So how do you celebrate today? Well, I think we need to cry out for God for help. That's the first way as, as, as Christians and as true believers and followers that we don't approach the, 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 the Messiah on terms of strength of saying, welcome to this town which we have conquered. We have prepared it for you, my Lord. Because I don't know about you, but that's not my life. I do stupid things like sleep in on a Sunday occasionally. <laughs> right? We all do dumb things, right? The reality is that we all need grace. And if it was on our own terms, which of us would have hope? I, I look at the way the world is right now, and I'm troubled by it deeply. There's no longer the Romans. God took care of them. But we have a bunch of other bad guys, don't we? Because the problem isn't just eradicating a bad government out there somewhere. The, the problem is in all, each of our hearts. And we have a wrong governance in here that terrorizes ourselves and the people that we live around. We are under the iron boot of sin. And because of that, the destruction and the pain that we cause so many people. I think of like in this world, like, uh, you know, we can go to beautiful places. I was talking with my parents and, and uh, some of my ancestors came from this little town called Hapavesi. It's it's, it's in Finland, and you go there, and it's picturesque, and it's beautiful. There's a little lake there, and there's mountains, and everybody has a sauna because it's close to heaven. And, right? And you think, why would my ancestors leave this amazing place to come here? Well, it's because it wasn't that there was anything wrong with nature. It was the people that were there were awful. We had the Russians always coming over and, and, and taking the people hostage and taking their stuff. They couldn't buy land. There was a, that was an awful place to live. And so they moved. And the reality is, is we can create a place of paradise on earth, but if you put people there, it'll stop being paradise pretty quick. <laughs> and we recognize the same thing in our own life. Have you ever thought that maybe if I just had the right circumstances around me, I'll be fine, I'll be happy? And then you show up there and then you realize that you brought yourself and so now you're not happy? <laughs> we need God's help. Today is a day that we cry out for help. Are you feeling lost? Are you, you, are you struggling with, with difficult things? Are you struggling with the, the, the effects of sin around you, with somebody else's depravity, which is encroaching on your life and causing difficulty? Are you struggling with the injustices of the world that are there? Are you struggling with, with the pain that we have just by living in a broken world? Are you there? Cry out to God for help. This is the day we remember that our God listens. He does not abandon us in the midst of our pain. He has come. He has come not just as a sacrifice, but as a redeemer. He has come as a conqueror. 
He destroys sin and death. He changes even our own hearts, not just in the hereafter, but even now. Do you need his help? Today is a day to remind yourself, cry out to God because he hears you. And, and, And as we do that, welcome that Savior, right? And so the second part is then cry out to God with praise. We're not calling out to a distant God into an empty void that we just hope he might exist or possibly might listen to us. Our God is not just near, he is here. Our God is powerful. Our God has come to save and he saves. This is a day that we cry out to God in praise for who he is and for what he has done and for what he is doing. And it's so important for us as Christians to remember that, yes, it is a cry of terror. Help us, O Lord. But it is also a cry of praise because you helped us, O Lord. This is a day for palm branches, which were like the ticker tape of the early times, right? It was a little, you know, the, the little celebration things that throws paper everywhere. Like, wee, right? This is that day because God is here. And that's why we're so filled with joy on Palm Sunday. We're reminded that that God is a God that loves us and God is a God that saves us and has saved us and continues to save us and is doing good things and he's taking our brokenness and our ashes and he's making beauty out of them and he's working all these things together for our good and the good of of according to his kingdom as well. He is bringing all of this, even the brokenness, even all the people who curse his name now will eventually, all of it will wind together to bring him glory. He's brilliant. You can't outsmart him. You can't outpower him. You can't can't work your way around him. That our God is amazing. And he is a savior. For people like us, today is a day to remember what he has done. This is the day that we count our blessings. Celebrate. Celebrate the savior amongst you. Celebrate your king. But this is something, and the people of the first century, when they did this first Palm Sunday, they did these first two things pretty well. But there's a third point that they should have had me there because I would have helped them. <laughs> you got to cry out to God in faithfulness. This is what they missed. Right? They cried out to God knowing that they you know, were crying to God. They cried out because this is what they were taught to do. They cried out to God and all those things, but they didn't trust God to be God. They had an expectation, God save me from the Romans, not God save us through the Romans, right? They, 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 they thought that God had a way the Messiah just had to work, and if he didn't work that way, then they were going to throw him away, and that's what they did. And that's why their cries of Hosanna became cries of crucify in under just about a week. They didn't understand and they didn't trust. Today is a day that we are reminded on this side of the cross, on this side of the empty tomb, that God's ways are bigger than our ways. He does not operate how you think he should operate. That's good. Can you imagine if God just did everything you wanted him to do? If you were God, would you do a good job? I'm glad he's more brilliant. That he thinks of things that we never could understand. That, that you know, he is... He's, not just playing 4D chess, he's playing infinite D chess, right? And we're still playing checkers. Like God is brilliant beyond imagination and we can trust him and not just his brilliance, but also his power and not just his power, but also his goodness. Faithfulness is how we cry out to God. 
save us. There are things in my life that I've asked God to save me from that he, he didn't. And I didn't understand for a while. I got really mad at him because he wasn't doing things my way. So before I get mad at the people of the first century, for, I was the same way. I would go run up on that hill and yell at him. Me, talking to God like I knew better. But we all do that, don't we? I'm not unique. When we ask for God's help, you have to receive God's help. Allow him to be God. Allow him to do the salvation and and the rescue the way that he is going to do it. And it may blow your mind. And for a while, it may look like it makes no sense. Like he might just go into that city and that you think he's supposed to conquer and allows himself to be killed. And it will make no sense to you. But it doesn't mean that our God is weak. It doesn't mean that he's not saving. Maybe it means he's saving in the only way that you possibly could be saved. So trust him. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe right now, as you've been asking God to save you, and you're frustrated because things aren't working out the way that you think they should. And you're tired of talking to God, and you feel like you're just talking to an empty void. You feel like you're entry, you went out to, to, with palm branches in hand, say, save us, Lord, and you showed them, this is what we're supposed to do, and God's just not doing it. Be faithful. You wait upon the Lord. Our God does not disappoint. We remember on Palm Sunday that Easter comes quickly. But there's a good Friday in between. And most of the time, God does not save us from our problems. He saves us through our problems. It's those very things that he uses for our sanctification to demonstrate his power that builds our faith. So don't give up. You wait upon the Lord on this day. Ask him for help, celebrate his reality, but you stick with him. And that's trusting him, but it's also obeying him, right? Let's not fool ourselves, say we trust God when we take all the matters in our own hands and just do things our way because we don't think he's doing it right. Trust him and obey him. Keep following him because Sunday's coming. Easter's right around the corner. So, Hosanna, save us, celebrate. This is what it's about. Today is a day of celebration and of salvation. So cry out to God for help. Cry out to God in in praise. Cry out to God in faithfulness. How are you going to do that this week? I have some ideas, as I do every week. They're on your connection cards. Why? Because this is a great week. It's the beginning of Holy Week. First thing I'm going to have you do is memorize Psalm 118. And, And conveniently enough... We have put it right on your connection card, right there for you. You could just pull that off and take it with you, right? It's an incredible passage. It's a reminder of who God is. It's, it's part of the Psalms of great praise. In fact, in addition to just memorizing this, which I find is very helpful, because there are times that this becomes my prayer, Lord, save me. Grant me success. I'm done losing, right? That's what we want to do. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the reminder of who God is and how he saves us. As you do that this Holy Week, I would say, why don't you enter into the ancient tradition of all of those of faith? Take some time this week and read those Psalms of praise, Psalms 113 through 118. 
Uh, take Read one a day if you want to, but go through and think about what it means, how they point to Jesus, how they point to the celebration that we have today. Take some time and celebrate. I would say something else I'd ask you to do is would you pray for our Easter celebration here at the church? We're going to celebrate the risen Lord Jesus on Sunday. Of course, Friday, I hope you come and join us. We'll have a good Friday service at 6 o'clock. We'll be here and at a time of remembering the sacrifice and what it's done for us. But then on Sunday morning, pray that it's not just a, 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 you know, a show, but that, that we would show up and celebrate the Savior, that the gospel would be heard and understood, that that God would be glorified for what he has done, for he is worthy. So take time and prepare your heart, prepare us in prayer for that. And as you do that, that last thing, and there's a, an invite with a blank there. Well, it's because you have somebody that should fit in that blank. So what we've done is on the back of those, or actually the front of the seats in front of you, you have a card that looks like this. I had to take one out. Just take it out, and you can see it's beautiful. We printed them. They're gorgeous. They're, they're kind of glossy, and they're nice. Right here. This is an invitation. Right? This is an invitation to the party. And how many people in our community need a Savior? How many people in our community need something to celebrate that's bigger than themselves and bigger than their circumstances. You've met the Savior. You've welcomed him in. And this is an invitation to, to invite a friend or a coworker or a neighbor or a family member to come and to hear and to celebrate with you next week. And so if you have those, I, I would say this would be an amazing thing that God tells us to go and to share the gospel. What a great way to do that when we celebrate his, the reality of his resurrection, which is exactly what we're going to so with those in hand, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to take those, make a commitment. And then after you've made those commitments, would you take the commitment? Don't take these and drop them. I'm already going to be here next week, right? Jesse probably will be too, I, right? But, but as you pass the baskets, right, drop your tithes, your offerings, and your commitments in there as well. All right, let me pray for us as we make our commitments. We'll set you free. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, your power. Father, also your presence, the fact that you are a Savior, that you have come, that we could come out to you and boldly proclaim Hosanna, that you're the God who, who does help us in our time of needs. You're the God who is the sacrificed Lamb of God, that you've redeemed us from our sins, but you've also come in power as you were resurrected. Father, this week, as we prepare our hearts for Holy Week, help us to, to, to set our spirits in the right place. We make commitments today to, to help us do that. As we memorize Psalm 118, as we, as we read the Psalms, as we pray for what you're about to do next week, as we invite our friends, Father, work in us and through us that you would bring about a, a transformation in our lives and in this community for your glory. Take these commitments, take our tithes and offerings, use them for your good. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen.